I had some mukbangs. I have some vlogs. I have some cooking and some talks. I need you to like. I need you to share. I need you to describe, please. What's going on, my people? Lee Mims here, Lee Mims Productions here on Queen of Trades channel. We want you to go ahead, like, share, subscribe, and uh, keep up what's going on over here. Not one time, but every time. And I also want to say um, we wish you a happy holiday season um, from now into the new year. And I hope that your new year uh, is better than last year. And I hope you end this year better than it came in. All right, with that being said, um, today's topic <coughs> is joy. So what I like to do is before I talk about a thing, I like to define it so that we are all on one page. What is joy? Um, it is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. If it is utilized as a verb, I'm checking my notes too. So um, forgive me for looking down a lot. I like to be sure that I'm accurate in what I'm stating until I get to feelings. And then you won't see me looking at the paper, obviously. Um, when joy is used as a verb, it is uh, to rejoice, feel or show great joy or delight. Um, so as I have forestated in other videos, and I will continue to reiterate just in case folks that are maybe just tuning in or you don't know anything about me. I do not belong to an organization. These are not sermons um, uh, preached elsewhere. These are not even considered sermons to me. Um, these are just good words, you know, positive vibes um, in nature. Um, I am very spiritual being as all people are. Most people just don't believe that they are. Uh, it's not about religious faction or organization with me. Again, I do not belong to a religious faction, but I'm going to tell you a lot of the principles that I do follow, um, they're Bible-based. I mean, as I've stated, stated in other videos, at one point, church and state were, um, you know, uh, I keep trying to say conglomerated. That's not the word I really want to say common languages they were fused together at one point you know almost like peanut butter and jelly once you put the two uh sides of the bread together and then some genius thought it was cool to go ahead and separate those two which i think principles and fundamentals or how, how should i say i think when we come from any good book but since we're talking about the bible if the fundamentals are about positivity, moving forward, how to love yourself, 
how to love others without the judgment part. We're not talking about the judgment part. Man has put judgment into things. But the Bible was written to me um, about men who did things that were superficial. I mean, um, and I want to get back to the joy, but I sometimes I, I digress because I get caught up in a perspective or a thing that's in my mind. But as I take it apart, you know, when you're talking about the Bible, you're talking about mere, mere what they say, mortal men, men of mortality, and have done great things. I mean, even when you think of the Bible, the epitome of the Bible is basically when we talk about Jesus. In order for him to do a great thing, he had to come down into flesh to prove that it could be done. But then when you read about the Bible and other men throughout the Bible, they were already flesh. But they had the blessings and they were anointed and they had the power. It's almost like a supernatural situation going on. But in order for it to be so awesome, it had to be done through, you know, skin, bones, blood, DNA. So what am I saying? As this relates to joy, when you are being hit with many things, feeling like you're in the lion's den, feeling like you're being nailed to the cross, um, feeling like everything has been taken from you, such as Job. Um, even his own wife said, you know, curse your God and die like this. This ain't worth it. Like, what are you doing? He knew better. Paul and Silas locked in jail. They were doing what they were supposed to do. Jonah and the whale. He was, wasn't going where he was supposed to go. End up sitting in the belly of a whale for three days. These are all superficial things. Um, superficial, like uh, supernatural, not superficial, supernatural occurrences. I mean, who here is willing to go sit in the lion's den? And them jokers was hungry. But what happened? Daniel was delivered. So, to fuse these things together, we're talking about joy. I jumped ahead of myself, and I, I constantly do that because a lot of times it just happens to me musically, too. Like, I'll sit down, and I want to hit one chord progression. <laughs> then a flood of ideas rush my brain, and sometimes I end up getting nothing down because I'm just so overwhelmed. I end up having a jam session, and I end up walking away. Of course, uh... My wife, Queen of Trades, always says, you need to just hit record and just go in there and splice, cut, paste, put stuff together. But that happens to me when I'm talking about anything that's positive, anything that has layers to it, like faults. I mean, I feel like even at this stage, when I watch stupid stuff like cartoons, when I say stupid, I mean insignificant. It's not stupid. But like, say I'm watching Dog on, you know, Wally Coyote, like, you know, I get something out of that than Roadrunner. He just never gave up. Roadrunner was clearly faster, smarter. I, one of the questions I want to ask is, where was the Acme? Because they were in the middle of the desert. desert but <laughs> he always, uh, Wally Coyote always got his idols from Acme. And um, he would try to get the Roadrunner, but he never gave up. I mean, what am I saying here? Even in the smallest things, I, I'm, I'm, I'm finding things that are deeper. I guess when you are searching for knowledge, see, it's one thing when you're trying to be smarter than somebody, but when you're searching for something, everything becomes a gold nugget. Everything becomes wisdom. You know, I always tell my kids, you know, um, and they're smart. Uh, as my oldest one, what is the difference between knowledge and wisdom? And essentially, knowledge is basically this. You know, I know how to add and wisdom Basically, 
teaches me how to apply addition. So once I learn the knowledge, once I learn what joy is, learn, once I learn what rejoicing is, and once I see people throughout life, not just the Bible, throughout life, the lifespan, um, my lifespan, and, uh, and apply it, then that's when the wisdom comes. Like, okay, yeah, we know to rejoice here. Yeah, great, great, great. Why? You know, we know that, you know, uh, weeping endures for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. We know that the sun stays up for a certain amount of hours and then nightfall happens. We know that. But the wisdom is to know it while you're going through something. And that's where I'm growing. And a lot of times I forget that I went through darkness and now I'm in the sunlight and now I'm back in the darkness again. And then I forget when I'm going through those trials and tribulations, darkness is analogous to trouble, tribulation. You know, um, when I'm in those dark spots, I'm in those tribulations. I tend to forget that I was brought out the last go round and me and my wife will just sit here and crack up like, you know, I don't know. Just let's just keep it 100. Sometimes the bills got to get paid and you sitting here like, yo, I don't know where this money going to come from. You know, people always talk about fixed income by the government. All of us are on a fixed income. If you make $20,000 a year, and that's pretty much what you make, or you make $2 million a year, and that's all you make, you're on a fixed income. Fixed income is not just parallel or correlates to what the government gives out. If it's fixed, it's fixed. Simple as that. Fixed usually means not much room, not budget. So anyway, I digress again. Let's go back to the analogy I was drawing. When you have a bill and you know a bill is due and you don't know how you're going to pay that bill and you already working and you stretch thin. And let's be honest, a lot of times when them bills show up, it's not enough time to figure something out. Oh, I'm going to get a part time job. Well, if the bill is due in 30 days, 15 days, 45 days, sometimes it takes three months just for them to pick up your daggone application out of the email bin. That's if uh, little Johnny is not already going to get the job and they just posted it just for uh, because they have to post it. So the job you think you're going to get in 45 days, it wouldn't matter because it's not even available to you. It's really not an option. But we grasp at straws when we're in, in time of need. We're like, well, I'll I just get a job. That don't even make sense if the bill is due in 30 days. And we know most places take 45, 60 days waiting for budgets to come in, what have you. So what do you do? Most times you grab your chair and brace for it. And hopefully you can uh, venangle or switch around, rob Peter to pay Paul. I know Peter and Paul is sick of me. Them jokers going to get together and jump me in a minute because we always robbing Peter to pay Paul. And I don't live an extravagant life. You know, I'm real basic, you know, um, but, you know. We just trying to do it the old school way, you know what I mean? Um, my wife is with the kids and, you know, it, it, sometimes you get in tough spots. You, you might not have anybody that's reliable to watch your kids Monday through Friday. And um, that's just the truth. And then uh, after school programs is ridiculous. And then you don't know what's going on sometimes. So a lot of times what we do is we hunker down. We got rid of some things. Um, we tighten up on things that is not extra. The kids never go lacking. My wife never goes lacking. But a lot of times, it's that much wiggle room. That's the tribulation right there. And uh, I'm a guy who hustles. I mean, you know, I got my hands in a lot of pots. 
And uh, but sometimes that's just not enough. So what do we do? Knowledge says that um, um, what I need to do to work it out. Wisdom tells me it will be worked out because it has been done in the in the past. It worked out for me before. It worked out for my wife before. It worked out for us together. Her mom came through. My parents are still making it. They've been through. And those stories and testimonies of the matriarchs and patriarchs a lot of times as well help you out. Plus peers that you go to work with, you know, we share and we huddle down and we talk about life and how hard it can be. And boom, before you know it, you're through it and you're back to that joy. And um, that's what I'm here to tell you today. Rejoice through your tribulation. Rejoice through your dark times. Rejoice and especially rejoice in the happy times because guess what? Uh, I don't want to uh, try to repeat my dad verbatim, but uh, he used to always quote the scripture, so I'm going to paraphrase it. Basically, we are promised so many days and most of them is full of trouble. Like So we should not be uh, weary um, and we should not be... And that's when I say weary, I don't mean you shouldn't get tired, but you shouldn't get tired and stay tired and then get the defeatist attitude. Woe is me. You ain't the only one going through it. Trust me. I'm going through stuff. There's always something going on. Trust and believe. As sure as you can breathe and sneeze and yawn, there's always something going on. Trust and believe. But guess what? I try to hold on to that joy. I try to think about the good times, even when I'm going through the bad times, like, you know what? This can't last forever. Everything has a cycle. Your common cold has a cycle. The flu has a cycle. This is why I never want to go to the doctors. And I know this is wrong. I'm doing better at going. Notice I said I don't want to go, but I still go. But it bothers me because when I go, I love my doctor. She's a sweetie pie. She looked at me and told me I came in too many days late. It was too late to get ahead of this thing. Lady, I'm still sick. What are you saying? So what I realize is they have a cycle. All they do is give you medicine so that you can get through the cycle. It ain't healing crap. Trust me. It ain't healing nothing up in your body. It is just numbing you enough so you can get to work, take care of your kids, take care of your spouse, take care of yourself, help your loved ones, and so you don't feel like you're totally dying. Just like that. Colds and flus have a cycle, so life has a cycle. It's called the life cycle. And uh, I'll probably use this video and play it back to myself. Sometimes you got to encourage your own self. So I hit play on this. I'm like, you know what? The best thing about this is, um, and I want to side note. One of the reasons I like doing these videos, because any event, anything happens to me, which eventually I will go up out of here. Hopefully nothing happens in my early years. But 75, 80, 90, 95, 100. If I could live to a nice solid 100, that wouldn't be bad. As long as I have all my faculties and I don't have to wait on anybody to do anything for me, which is very well possible. There's some healthy people out here at 100 in the 90s. That's where I want to be. Mentally sound, healthy and moving about. But should I go up out of here at 100 years old, my great grandkids can go ahead and say, yo, this is how uh, grandpa was, man. Yo, he left some nuggets. As long as YouTube doesn't burn down and the computer servers fry. This is basically leaving on record wisdom, knowledge, encouragement to the next generation, the next generation, the next generation, the next generation. I think this is cool. Um, 
It's almost like when we was in school and you had to build that uh, capsule. I don't know if they still can do that anymore with these daggone kids. Millennials don't even want to look up off of their phone or iPad. So, But back in the day, you had to do a time capsule when you graduated. I wonder what they did with that stuff. But you had to do a time capsule and then you would revisit it. This is what this is to me. It's not just about monetization and and um, and having fun. Um, to me, it's a whole lot. It's all of that. Don't get me wrong. It's all of that. But it's also leaving something more record like a legacy and, and, and telling a story like who better to tell the story than a person who went through the story. But once upon a time, there was not a way to record things for a story to be told. So stories lost their savor by passing it down years and years and years and years and years and years. Because when I started telling the story, the fish was this big. Ten generations later, it's this big, you know. So uh, anyway, let me just move on real quick. So as I've, as I've told you before, I like to read many different pieces of um, uh, pieces of wisdom written down, I guess, if you will. Basically, I don't mind checking the Bible out. I don't mind checking out books that people have written, writers, what have you. So we're going to go with this Bible verse real quick. And then I have two other uh, quotes that I want to get to. And it says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So, and that's First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Um, what I want to say about this, I like the first part. It's like rejoice always, comma, like, it's like, you know, I always tell my kids punctuation means something. Rejoice always, comma, like that is like a thought within itself. There is really not a question being asked here. Rejoice always. Okay, so let's take this out of this context and apply it to something else. I tell my kids, always show your mind respect. Did I ask a question? I did not ask a question. That is pretty much a command. That is pretty much like there's no negotiating. And I don't like to use command. You know, uh, nobody wants to be commanding anything, but... I mean, shoot, you got the Bible, Ten Commandments. There's, these are things telling you what to do, how to govern your life. So as I tell my kids, hey, it's really not a negotiation. Show your mom respect. Show all your elders respect. So if I were to say show them respect, comma, then go to my next thought. The first thing is to show respect. In this instance, rejoice always. And then it goes to the next. Pray without ceasing. What does that mean? Pray without ceasing. It means never stop praying. A lot of people get into this formal uh, prayer. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, as we look upon your face and we seek your face and all thy glory. That's great. Love it. That's great. You get the slow clap. Um, but that's not that's not how I get down. I just talk to my talk about myself. I ain't got to talk about nobody else. Y'all want to do all that? That's great. But let's just let's just apply this to an incident. You about to get in a car accident and uh, you see it coming and you say, oh, Lord. Is that a prayer? I'm going to go ahead and tell you, yeah, it is a prayer, because guess what? He knows your thoughts in your heart. What you're saying is, oh, Lord, be with me. Lord, please help me. Lord, please shield me. Please protect me. Please don't let me go up out of this world and leave my kids behind. That's what oh Lord means to me in that instance. Lord, please don't let my wife be back here by herself. Uh, Lord, you know, I got more than just my wife and kids that look to me. 
Lord, make sure I'll be okay. That's what that means. So that pray without ceasing, it doesn't have to be in the middle of your work day. You go ahead on and you turn the, the, the break room television off and you got to do this whole big pop and circumstance. Oh, Heavenly Father, we look before you and blah, 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 blah. You can carry the word prayer right in your heart. Many a times I have prayed. I always laugh. Um, flavor of love. When Safari prays, pray, prayed that prayer, like basically, uh, Lord, help me not to whoop a beep ass. So I... I don't want to say the other word because this is I'm trying to make a, a clean thought and I don't want to taint it. But Safari to me became my idol at that moment because for so many times coming up, and I'm sure some of you think of it, you get caught up in in um how things should be done. And Safari is like keeping it one thousand, like, yo Lord, I'm about to trip in this house. I don't know if y'all remember Flavor of Love, basically uh, in short. Uh, Flavor Flav, if you remember old school hip hop, he was the hype man and um, he actually had a show and he was trying to find love through all these women. So basically what they would do was stay in his house and videotaped and different things. He's dating, blah, 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 blah. But then what happens is you got one dude and all these women competition attitudes ensue, um, you know, egos get big. The fearless gets more fearless and the and this and the the ones that are gonna get prayed on, they end up getting booted because they just can't take it. Well, Safari went in prayer at this at this moment. And I I just love that I would never forget it. And it just made me feel that much more comfortable on what I've been doing. I'm I'm a keep it one thousand person. I don't sugarcoat nothing. I might tell you in a way that it doesn't seem so how oh, you put whatever you want to put in between those quotes right here. You put that in there. It might not seem so, and I really don't care. Because guess what? You know my heart, God knows my heart, and you're not going to put me in a box and tell me I can't sound like this and I can't speak like that and blah, 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 blah. No, how many people I come across throughout um, my career and uh, through my life and people are just like, yo, we love you. You know, um, at times it's, it's a bit much, but guess what? I keep it 1,000. I'm sweet. I'm kind. I'm patient. Um, things of that nature. I choose my words at least eight out of ten times. Um, so even if it sounds harsh, I actually watered it down for what might be needed. But the two out of ten times, you just go and catch it because guess what? I'm human. Uh, but guess what? We all are human. And... Um, let me just go on to the next point because I'm about to go ahead and digress into something else. And uh, that's not what we're here to do. Hold on. I went to get my, my little coffee. I was supposed to get my coffee. Hold on. I'm coming back. The whole purpose, I made this coffee to go ahead so I can have this with my Boy, I can make me some coffee. That coffee is tasty. All right. So this is another quote I got. And this gentleman's name is Nicholas Chamfort or Shamfort, C-H-A-M-F-O-R-T. He says the most wasted of all days is one without laughter. I laugh every day. 
whether it's a sarcastic laugh like these jokers don't think I see them coming or whether it's a hearty laugh at something funny. I laughed so hard with Queen of Trades last night till my stomach was hurting. And uh, we were laughing because she was like busting her hump. And again, shout out to her for a thousand plus subscribers. This lady is working hard. I watch her going lives. I watch her support people and then it comes back i'm watching her just work really hard and i laughed because she was like oh if i could just get to a thousand and girl and i, I made a statement i looked at her and i was like well there she goes on her way to two thousand and the and the joke was because i thought she was going to slow down and we were going to do something else for the evening but she got right back into the grind and i was like i ain't mad at you because when i grind when i'm at work i'm grinding and she knows me when i get there was one time I had four jobs, one main job and three part times. And my thing is, I, my boy says this, and I'm going to paraphrase it because I can't say it like he says it. Basically, I would rather be tired with a pocket full of money than rested and broke. I just, that penny to penny is like, and in some cases, and you can't help it because that's how life goes. Some cases, it's not even check to check you're almost in the negative like my check is already spent for the next check already <sighs> so but anyway we laugh at that in this house like we're not homeless i'm thankful things aren't off obviously the cable's working because i'm sitting up here uploading content so that means my phone bill's working because i'm uploading i'm using my phone computers electricity so think about that too when you're going through those dark times because you can't go on vacation You can't buy Gucci, Prada, whatever's out. I don't know what's out. Michael Kors, or you can't get that, uh, that, ooh, that F-350 Ford. Ooh! Flatbed, cab, four-door, with all the bells and whistles. I'm, I'm not saying I want that or anything, but. And that is a nice piece of equipment. But um, that don't mean I'm broke. I mean, that don't mean we're broke. Because <laughs> all the other bills are paid. You know, I always think about this thing. The guy whose feet hurt, he can't complain to the guy that has no feet. Then the guy with no feet can't look at the guy with no legs and complain. Then there's some guy that... And didn't even make it. He can't even get out of bed. So we all got a reason to complain, but we also have a reason to be joyful and rejoice for what we do have. I'm coming up on 27 minutes, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Um, Anne Frank. Look her up. We want to talk about struggle. I want to say she was blind and deaf, I want to say. And might have had a serious illness on top of that. Noted in history for making strides. Anne Frank. A-N-N-E. Last name Frank. Common spelling. I'm going to close with this. Her quote. I don't think of all the misery. But of the beauty that still remains. So this tells me. The word all I underlined. So it seems to me is. She does at some point. Think about some of the misery, but not all of it. 
but she does focus on the beauty that still remains. That's self-explanatory. I just explain it with the feet, the feet hurting, the no legs, the not getting out of bed. There is some positivity, even, even with the last uh, part of that analogy that I made, the gentleman that's in the bed, well, at least he's still breathing, he's still alive. There's somebody who's not even here. Listen, people, the most important thing that I also um, want to say here is, and don't let people take your joy. Cause there are just some joy eaters around here. Wish he's so happy for it. I had a job one time. I'm not going to say where this company was. I had just started. Actually, I didn't even start the job. I was coming in for an interview. And the receptionist was so annoyed at my joy. It was ridiculous. That we're going to see if you're so happy after you start working here. I was like, What? Are you serious? Like, clearly, ma'am, you need to go ahead and you need to be put somewhere in the back of the office where you're just counting paper clips. Like, basically, there should be a basket. You should be in a cubicle squared off, basically six or seven feet high. And there should just be a way to throw paper clips over into a big basket. We don't have to see you and all you do is count because you're miserable. We don't even want to hear you. Make it soundproof. Don't say thank you. Don't thank you for the paper clips. Thank you. Don't say anything. Matter of fact, when you eat lunch, you eat in your soundproof cubicle and we're going to put the lid on it. We don't even want to hear you chewing because the negativity from your chew vibes is probably going to come out and hit me and my joy. And I don't want to have to repel that. Like, how negative are you? I didn't even start my first day. I haven't swiped in, clocked in. I don't even have my worker's ID yet. And you talking about, well, we're going to see how happy you're going to be. And you know what's funny? There will be people just don't like you because you find joy. I had a um, supervisor one time tell me, and the, and the person was accurate. They weren't nasty. This is a not the same workplace. You know, Tim, you come in here as if you have no problems. And you know what I told that person? I actually prepare before I come into work. I get up with plenty of time. I start the night before, make sure I got my coffee, make sure I got my fruit, make sure I got my lunch, find out what um, I'm able to take from my wife. Um, if we have leftovers, is this leftovers for dinner or can I get an extra piece of chicken because chicken is my favorite. I take it with me and then I eat out of my lunchbox. Yes, I have cash in my pocket to buy lunch, but what brings me joy is eating leftovers from home that I ate the previous night with my wife and kids. It just gives me a feeling that I'm home. Now, does my joy happen by accident? Absolutely not. I plan to have joy. You got a plan to have joy. It makes no sense. Joy just don't find you unless joy is a female. That's the only way joy is going to find you. You have to go seek after joy. Joy is another word for happiness. Great pleasure. You got to find pleasure. You got to find happiness. I get so tired of people just walking around. What was me crying about everything? Yeah, I complain every now and then. I vent. But it's not, it's not uh, 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 the 80-20 the rule, 80 complaining, 20 not. I don't even want to say it's 20 complaining. I'm just like, it is what it is. You know, I'm kind of a person that just leave you where you are. I will address it. I will, like, I don't understand. But at the end of the day, 
I'm going to be joyful and be happy with what I'm doing. And the older I get, I'm doing more for me. See, a lot of times we lose joy, too, because we're doing for others and don't feel like they're reciprocating. And um, that that will that will that will zap your joy. The joy eaters. That's what we're going to call them. The joy eaters is or are around you. Trust me. They either doing it on purpose because they're because they don't want to see you joyful or they're doing it by basically. Um, I can't think of the word I'm trying to say, but it's almost like. They either purposely do it. That's just how they are. Like, how can I say it? There are people that hate and gossip about you because they just clearly don't like you on purpose. And then there are some people that are just negative beings. Like, it doesn't matter. You ever met that person, you say good morning, and they say, huh, or what's good about it? I don't know. You're not dead. You're not six feet under. You didn't wake up missing a limb. You didn't wake up with um, your altered mental status. Like, you actually know who you are. You know where you're going. That's not something to be happy about. How about small ailments? Um yeah, back problems. You wake up and your back feels great. That is a great day. Because guess what? Back pain, most people get narcotics. And you know what they run risk of? Being an addict. That's how you get opioids. And the people are abusing that. It's not because you just wake up and you want to be a, a drug addict. Something happened that led you to that. Said no one, I want to be a drug addict and I want to kill myself early. I put money on that. said no one so don't judge people that are that that um that are having these problems again that goes back to joy that is definitely a joy eater when you are judgmental i'm not judgmental i love everybody but i love everybody in their own space i'm not gonna love what you're doing if you're not doing it and then you do it in my space well, what is that i'm just saying keep whatever you do away from me if I don't really like it, but I'm not judging you. I just don't want it around me. We'll make it simple. If I'm trying to kick the habit of drinking coffee, and this is a stupid analogy, but I don't like to be judgmental. So I like to pick stuff that makes no sense at all. So this analogy will make sense, but it's not something that could actually happen. But if I'm trying to kick, kick coffee because I'm an addict to coffee. I don't want you to bring in the smell around me. I don't even want to see your coffee cup. I don't want to see your Wawa, your Dunkin' Donuts, your Publix, your uh, Piggly Wiggly cup. I don't want to see your Circle K. I don't want to see any gas station cup of coffee. I don't want to see a coffee mug. I'm not going to associate with you because I can't have that in my space because I'm trying to get rid, rid of this, this addiction to the cup of coffee. I'm not judging you for that. But what I'm saying is I can't have that in my space. Again, that is be a joy eater. If I judged, I, I'm not trying to eat away my own joy. There's certain things I do. Um, I got an uncle who said, basically, there's a bunch of ladies talking. And uh, basically, the conversation wasn't very productive. It was just going around in a hamster wheel. And he blurted out, hey, if we're not going to fix it, there's no point in talking about it. That's pretty much how I am. And I do talk about things that bother me. So I'm not trying to act like I'm perfect, but to just hound on it, I talk about it and I leave it be. You know, maybe I should make a rule for myself. Talk about something for 15 minutes a day that bothers me and then leave it be. 
that leaves 23 hours and 45 minutes for positivity or moving forward. But again, I always try to prepare for joy. That's just me. So we're at 35 minutes and 40 some seconds. So what I want to tell you is don't let anybody steal your joy. Don't let the joy eaters get to you. You don't become a joy eater and eat away at your own self because we are our own worst enemy. And uh, everything's going to be all right. Joy is going to come in the morning. Darkness only has a certain amount of time on it. Think about it. Peace. Hey guys, remember like, subscribe, share. This video went in everyone you know. Let them know what Queen of Trades and the MKW crew is doing over here. Till the next time. Bye. I had some mukbangs. I have some vlogs. I have some cooking and some talks. I need you to like. I need you to share. I need you to describe, please.